the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team suffered their second loss of the season after they were annihilated by the Illinois Fighting Illini 76-53 this past Tuesday. Illinois was led by Trent Frazier, who scored 22 points, made seven field goals, and knocked down six free throws. Frazier's teammates, Andre Curbelo and Kofi Coburn, tallied 17 and 12 points, respectively. Michigan's top three scorers, Isaiah Livers, Hunter Dickinson, and Franz Wagner, combined for 15 points, and they made only four out of 24 shot attempts. The Fighting Illini outscored the Wolverines by 14 in the paint, 6 in points off turnovers, 17 in second chance points, and 12 at the three-point line. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And good afternoon, everyone. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I'm joined to, today with my regular co-host, uh, Phil. Terrific. Great day, oh, good. beautiful, beautiful day. Got lots of things to do, and and we'll be doing them shortly. And I'm also joined with my not so regular co-host, but I keep telling him brand muffins will help with that. Ed Bondarenka, <laughs> how you doing, Ed? And Metamucil, yeah, it works well. Yeah, real good, except for the knee, the broken kneecap I'm suffering with. Other than that, uh, I'm just ducky. Uh- Oh, okay. <laughs> and today we have a great show. Um, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we have Pastor Max joining us today. We're going to talk about humanism and um, and its far-reaching effects on our nation and, and well, our country and the world over, overall. How you doing, Pastor Max? I'm doing good. You know what I'm going to do is, as we normally do when we have you on, I'm just going to turn the mic over to you. You can uh, talk to us a little bit about humanism, and then we will go into conversation and even take in some calls when you're done. Okay, sounds good. <clears throat> One thing I need to <clears throat> begin with is uh, nationalism versus internationalism. The reason why we don't have any patriotism anymore in this country is because we have been brainwashed into internationalism by humanist forces. Humanism is everywhere. It's in the schools, even down to grade school and up to colleges. And uh, a lot of things that we're experiencing today are come directly from humanism, like uh, political correctness and oh, you name it. This is all from humanism. We don't have free speech anymore because the humanists are going to tell us what to say, how to say it. And uh, we, we have to toe the line. We have to be what they want us to be which is international. We are, nationalism means you're proud of your country, your nation, and uh, used to be when we were nationalistic, we were uh, uh, patriotic. But now that internationalism begins to seep in, uh, right through humanism, uh, 
it's a one world. It's international. And even, uh, even the kids in some schools are being taught not, not to be uh, patriotic Americans, but to be good global citizens, one world citizens. And this is something that we have to keep in mind when we deal with humanism. It is international, one world. And they preach it all the time. Uh, and the reason you don't know much about it is because they're, they're called by different names. They're called uh, 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 liberals. They're called, uh, what is it? like? Progressives. Huh? Progressives. Progressive, yeah. Yeah. What a, what a uh, misuse of that term, progressive. It's, it's uh, depressive. But anyway, I want to read to you something that uh, right out of the humanist. Uh, this is from a humanist magazine. And here's what it says. It says, perhaps uh, you've wondered why parents. Well, I won't read that part. Just, uh, it just says, uh, this, is, this is from a... a uh, a humanist here, a graduate of University of Illinois. He says, I am convinced uh, <clears throat> I can't see, folks, so pardon me. I just can't see. I'll try to read this. I'm convinced <clears throat> that the battle for humankind's future uh, must be won in the public schools. Uh, in the classroom um, and uh, teachers must must uh, understand their role as proselytes for a new faith or a new religion of humanity that recognizes and respects the spark that theologians uh, call divinity uh, in every human being. And these teachers must embody the same selfless dedication uh, as the most rabid fundamentalist preacher, for they will be <clears throat> ministers. Uh, they will be ministers of another sort, utilizing the classroom instead of the pulpit. Humanist values in uh, whether the subject. Uh, uh, teach regarding the day. Anyway, it goes on to say that it says that uh, we need to get rid of the rotting corpse of Christianity. Now, that's just standing in the way of all progress. And it goes on to say that because I can't read it, I'm just telling you what it says. But uh, <clears throat> now, if you wonder why there's no patriotism. It's easy to see the flag burn and our statues come down and all these things. It's because people are, are uh, brainwashed into humanism and don't even know it. 24 hours around the clock, people are getting uh, brainwashed by humanism and they don't realize it's called that. It's like I say, it's called by different names. 
Uh, Karl Marx would admit he was a humanist, and he was. This comes right out of the root of humanism. Any one world system comes out of humanism. There would be no socialism or communism without that of humanism. It goes all the way back to 411 BC with, with uh, Protagoras. But uh, now uh, the most uh, recent one is by, uh, I'll get to him in a minute. But let me let me read something here. This is from uh, this is from the Attorney General under Clinton, and here's what she said: occultes. Now we think of occult as <clears throat> very unorthodox and uh, <clears throat> so forth. So here's what here's how the government what the government thinks of occult. Listen to this now. Uh, this is the Attorney General. Uh, um, a cultist is one who has a strong belief in the Bible and the second coming of Christ and who has a level of financial, a high level of financial giving to Christian causes, <clears throat> who homeschools his children and has a strong belief in the Second Amendment and who distrusts big government. And goes on to say here that uh, we need to watch th watch them. They're dangerous, and uh, we may have to confront these people. Now that's our Attorney General under Clinton said that. Everything that she mentioned here is what we are as Christians, and we're we're dangerous to the government. I hate to say that, folks, but our, our government is not our friend. This is the world that crucified our Lord, you know. Now, I'm going <clears> to <throat> bear with me till I look at another page here. <clears throat> this is... Uh, <clears throat> It says here that uh, Congressman uh, James Reskin and Jared Hoffman urged Joe, the Biden uh, administration and Kamala Harris to use federal power to remove uh, from America these Democrats well, let me see. Remove God from America. I can't see here. We're in the garage and the lighting is terrible. Uh, this can't happen again. Um, anyway, uh, presented a 28-page document uh, to Biden, the Biden transition team on behalf of the uh, uh, social democrats in America. And uh, he proposed uh, re 
recommends targeting what he calls Christian nationalist movement. Remember what I told you about nationalism. They don't like it. And they, they look upon us, fundamentalist Christians, as nationalists. They said the Christian nationalist movement, and uh, so they're saying like, and, and, and we don't want to hear God and country. We don't want to hear those statements. And it goes on to say, and we need to get uh, humanist uh, uh, chaplains in the military and uh, they urged, they urged uh, these humanists urged the president to do that. So that gives you an idea of what we're up against here, I think. Now, only thing I want to do now, is the only thing I have time to do, is ethics. And uh, the only thing I can tell you, I, can re I could really shorten it by, by saying, Humanists believe everything is okay. If man wants it, it's got to be okay because man wants it. And man is the next thing to God. They do not believe in God. And uh, they do not believe in any religion. Uh, let me just tell you what, what modern humanism is. August Comte is the father of the social sciences. That includes psychology which is completely humanistic. And uh, here's what they believe. Man by nature is basically good, not sinful. Uh, it says here that uh, they de de deny clear scriptures on this subject. Well, you know what some of them are. Ecclesiastes 7.20, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Uh, and then there's Romans 3.23, uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of those verses for, for uh, man's sinfulness. All that has to be denied and saying that man is great. Now, what they say is that uh, Man by nature is basically good, not sinful. And I say, just turn on your TV and watch the news and see if you can say that. Look at history. We have, we have uh, thousands of years of just the opposite. What does it take to wake man up? Anyway, it says here, evil is societal, not personal. You realize what that means? Society's to blame if man turns out evil. It's not personal. Uh, you just clean up the environment and uh, give him the right environment and he'll be an angel. So environment is to blame. No wonder the uh, humanists don't like capital punishment because you're killing an innocent person. Oh, he might have raped and murdered somebody but he's really innocent because it's his environment that's to blame. Uh, and then it, it goes on to talk about, uh, well, there's so much here, I'm gonna not say uh, use it because it's too hard to see in here. But uh, they believe that man is an angel, that's all. And nothing 
anything that man decides is uh, is right for his happiness is to be practiced. If it makes them happy to do a sinful deed, that's 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 his prerogative and his right. And that also goes on to say you gotta uh, make sure you understand as a human being that uh, you're you're wonderful. Uh, you you've got to love yourself, and you've got to say I deserve this and I deserve that. You hear it in our commercials. Uh, you deserve this and you deserve that. That it's it's permeated everything. So. Uh, that's what we're up against, and I, uh, I, uh, I cut out a whole awful lot here, folks, because I just can't see. So what we'll do now is open it up for discussion, or yeah, anybody that wants to call. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You you make a point about we know humanism by a lot of different a lot of different names. Uh, progressivism, for example, yeah. uh, socialism, communism. It's taught in our schools. You know, Hitler says, I don't need you to agree with me. I have your children. And our educational system, as you pointed out, our educational system is now teaching our kids to be humanist. They've taken uh, prayer out of school. They've taken, uh, our kids are being brought up in the schools to be atheists. I think part of that responsibility now falls on the parents to undo what the schools have done. So to, to our Friends out there, to our Christian friends out there, understand when your kids come home from school, they have been inundated with humanism, with socialism, with communism, and it's your job as a parent to teach them what is right. Because in humanism, everything is uh, subjective. There is no absolutes. But yet we believe there are absolutes. Well, well, when these teachers... Get a hold of your, the, the teachers are especially brainwashed. When they get a hold of your kids, they think they're, they're the gods over your, your children. And uh, pretty soon you don't have the children you had. Uh, you wonder where they get their ideas and uh, what's going on with them. I'll tell you, uh, I talk to a lot of kids when they get home from school or they graduate school and, and uh, you know, 99% of the kids I teach coming out of high school, I think the parents should sue the schools for malpractice. So, um, and humanism, though, just doesn't reach into the schools and it doesn't just reach into the government situations. We see that humanism and materialism has really gone headstrong into a lot of the churches in the United oh. States today. We We have got to face that fact that there are, churches in this country today, mostly the larger churches, uh, Protestant churches sitting on the corner that really just grab a hold of humanism and just bring it and saturate their churches on the inside. Uh, a lot of it has to do with their eschatology. They believe it's their job to make things, the world a better place. They don't understand the sinful nature of mankind. And so they start adopting humanism rather than Christianity within their own churches. I know, I know. You've seen that a lot, Ed, um, where churches have just become extremely liberal and start pushing more humanistic ideas, more materialism than than the scripture. Just drive down the street in Ypsilanti, 
you know, down here on street and every every black life. I'm sorry, Black Lives Matter. I'm so used to saying every Black Lives Matter recently. You know, <laughs> the rainbow flag, science is real. You know, it's just it's just leftist liberalism to replace the the hole in the heart of the people who really don't have the gospel. You know, you make a good point because I just drove past a church the other day. I couldn't believe it. They they had a flagpole. They only had two flags on the flagpole. They had a Christian flag and a rainbow flag right underneath it. They didn't have a, an American flag on the flagpole at all. The Christian flag and then a homosexual with a rainbow flag. Uh, th this is a church that has thrown scripture right out the window. It's obviously not, not a, uh, a church that celebrates its country at all. Uh, it doesn't have an American flag up, but they'll have that Christian flag up there. You know the flag I'm talking about. It's got the big white background and then in the corner, a uh, blue square with the red cross. Uh, but well, right below it, the rainbow flag. What? I thought, flag, I thought that was the flag of Norway. <laughs> no, but uh, it's, a, it's a flag that most people have come to know as the Christian flag. But right below it was the rainbow flag. And there wasn't a single, was not a single American flag anywhere. But this was a church that, that had this up. So we have had to be aware that uh, folks, if you're in a church that practices uh, uh, humanism within the church, it's time for you to look for a good a good Bible teaching church. Max, you and I were talking about before we came on the show a poll that was done back in the '70s, showing how much humanism and unbelief has crept into the church. And uh, I mean, when you look at Baptist pastors not believing in the Virgin Birth, yeah. or or uh, not just Baptists, a number of different it it. it Pulled all the faiths of Christian faith. Pastors not believing in the resurrection. Pastors not believing in the virgin birth, or they they don't believe in a lot of the old the, the Bible as being inspired. Well, that was fifty years ago, and it's worse yeah, today. It's worse now. Yeah, uh, Phil, go ahead. What yeah, about the? Uh, what, yeah. Uh, say that again. What about the pastors that today, uh, like the uh, pastor down in Georgia that won the Senate seat, that believe in in uh, abortion on demand? Uh, I, I I can't well, I can't reconcile that at all. Well, it goes back, back to humanism, Phil. Well, human, humanism has come into the church fifty years ago, and now it's 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 ripened. And when you get Baptists. Which are which are usually the best of the worst. Uh, <laughs> when you get them denying the virgin birth and things like that, then you know something's uh, rotten in Denmark. Jeez, right? Um, and I and I'd say as far as that, Pastor Phil, you and I have had conversation on abortion a number of times, and abortion is just part of humanism. If your children is inconvenient, it's okay to kill them because it's not about you. But I want you to remember going back to Margaret Sanger. What did she do? Who did she go to when she needed to propagandize her her uh, eugenics? She went to the black, black pastors, preachers. yeah, to 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 push push her agenda, right? Exactly. Because she was able to push a humanistic view of eugenics, and that, by the way, eugenics is part of humanism. Um, <laughs> that's just grabbed a hold on onto. She used the black pastors to spread that. This is uh, no difference than the pastor in Georgia doing exactly what you just said, grabbing a hold of uh, humanism. Hey, Joe, you got a quite you got a statement. How you doing? 
Good, good. I, and, you know, you're getting to the bottom here, so I'll try to rush through it. I ran into an issue uh, the other day on uh, social media because somebody brought up Rick Grinnell, who's originally from Michigan, a gay Republican. Uh, you know, somebody hey, hey, we will get back to you, Joe. Joe, Joe, we will get back to you after the break. Uh, but that's the music. So have- Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but once again, in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with a moment, another moment on sports. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team demolished the Michigan State Spartans 69-50 this past Thursday to clinch the Big Ten Conference regular season championship. Wolverine shooting guard Franz Wagner led all scorers with 19 points, 12 of which came beyond the three-point line, and he grabbed six rebounds. Wagner received plenty of assistance from Hunter Dickinson, Isaiah Livers, Mike Smith, and Eli Brooks. Dickinson tallied 14 points, made six out of eight field goal attempts, and snagged 10 rebounds. Livers, Smith, and Brooks each recorded nine points. The trio combined to knock down 11 out of 24 shots, clutch 13 rebounds, and dish out eight assists. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And welcome back. Um, Just before we left, we had Joe on the phone, and uh, normally I time it to where I can say, hello, Joe, and then the music starts and then we have to hang up on him. So I don't give him the chance to change the subject, but he's actually right on point. So we're going to keep him on the phone. We're going to bring him back up. <laughs> Joe, you know, I love you. How you doing? Yes, I know you do. And you know, I love you all too. So I <laughs> appreciate okay, that. So you, uh, I don't know what people heard or did before the music starts. So uh, let me make it more personal and say, about a friend of the family, we consider him to be part of our family, a guy named Bill who happens to be gay. Uh, we know him because he, he grew up with my sister, went to school with my sister. And there's, I think, a big difference, and this gets lost in the discussion, between someone who happens to be gay, like a Rick Grinnell or our friend Bill or... Uh, Brandon Strzok, who founded the walkaway movement, who just happened to be gay and want to live an otherwise normal life, be somewhat accepted, not be attacked, not be stoned to death, and a gaytivist, or as some call the gay stopo, who want to shove LGBTQism in everyone's face and promote the lifestyle. There's a big difference in that, right? Hate hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah, it's a good point. Thanks a lot for calling, Joe. Uh, We as Christians believe that there are things that God calls sin. Uh, God calls calls adultery sin. But we can't, can't, because we know somebody who's committing adultery, we can't condone it just because we know somebody who's committing 
committing adultery, can we? Or fornication. We might know somebody who's living, living a life of fornication. We cannot condone fornication just because we have a friend that uh, is committing fornication. But just because we can't condone it doesn't mean we have to hate the person. Matter of fact, we're called to love the person. We are called to love them and to give them the gospel and to reach out to them um, and, and not hate. And when the Bible talks against things like homosexuality and adultery, it's talking about people who are living this lifestyle. It's part of a lifestyle that they're living. And just as we are called not to commit fornication or called not to commit adultery, um, the person that happens to be homosexual is called not to live that lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, we don't hate them. We don't uh, want to crush them. We don't want to pulverize them. We just can't condone what God calls sin. We can't. If the Bible comes out and says this is a sinful lifestyle, we can't, we can't condone it. I cannot condone a homosexual lifestyle or an adulterous lifestyle any more than I can, can try to condone my own sins. That would be called self-justification self if I tried to condone, condone my own sins. I can't. My sins are, are sins. They are against what God calls his way, his will. And, uh, but it does not mean we should sit out there and try to promote as, as you pointed out, uh, or the last caller pointed out, that uh, we should not uh, try to, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. We don't reach out and hate. We don't try to crush. But we can't be, what we say, accepting of the behavior. We still love the person. Isn't that right, Ed? Yeah, you can, you can socialize. You can communicate with. You can even like and enjoy the uh <laughs> You know the fellowship with, so to speak, of somebody. My, we have a, a family member who's gay, and he's living with his quote-unquote husband. And we've been over their house a number of times for parties because we're related to them. They know we don't approve of their relationship, but we, in a sense, approve of them. We like them. They're they're enjoyable to be around. They just, you know, I have a step step brother is the same way. He has broken away from me because I'm a born-again Christian, not because I've ever said anything to him about his lifestyle. I, I try to tell, remind people that uh, our Lord tells us we are not to judge the world because the world has already been judged. God's already taken care of what, what God calls sin. God's already taken care of it one way or another. God has taken care of sin, whether he's taken care of it through the blood of Jesus Christ and we accept his beautiful gospel and we believe in him and, and our soul has been... Has been uh, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, or if it's through judgment because they have not accepted that beautiful gift that Jesus Christ gave on the cross, one way or another, sin is dealt with by God. And uh, with that being stated, though, now we live in a world that doesn't want God involved at all in our society, as, as Pastor Max was pointing out. Well, you know, I'd like to say, I'd like to say one thing before we get too far off the point. Uh, the, the scriptures are the only answer to all of this. And you cannot have a happy life if you don't recognize how you were engineered and how you were made. You were made not only a physical creature. You're, you're not just uh, uh, organic substances. You have a soul and a spirit. And in humanism, you don't have that. All you have is the body and everything that you can do to make the body happy. 
<clears throat> and you can't do it because man abhors a vacuum and there's a spiritual vacuum there that has to be filled. This is where humanism fails and where we have it all over on them. And we can give the message. And these people, because of their design, they will, many of them will heed what we have to say because their spirit will reach out. And they are created a body and a soul and a spirit, not just a body. And uh, uh, it just doesn't get it. There's no happiness in, in, in materialism. And I'll let you get to your point here just in a second, just because I want to just say something on what uh, Pastor Max just stated. So, As Pastor Max and I were talking about uh, C.S. Lewis just before the show. The fact is, before he came to Christ, he was very much a materialist, uh, a humanist and a materialist. He, he admits it. And it's only after he found Christ that he, he gave up his materialist, humanist ways because it was within him to know that there was something more than just the body. There was something more than just materialism. And uh, and they all know it. And, and he accepted Christ, and then he recognized the Spirit. Yeah, Ed, you've been waiting there patiently wanting to say something, so go ahead. Well, it's fine, but we were talking earlier about churches that, uh, you know, don't preach the gospel, churches that are, are humanist-oriented. And I'm reminded of Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. Yeah. And it goes on and says, uh, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. You know, the whole New Testament is filled with warnings of false teachers. Just because it says church on the door, doesn't make it a healthy place to be. I'm thinking of Reverend Jeremiah Wright and that uh, the guy who just, Durnock, Nurnock, whatever his name was, just got elected, as we were saying, in Georgia. You know, these guys from such men flee. The mm -hmm. Reverend Al Sharpton, I went to a wedding last Saturday and it was officiated by a universal <coughs> life minister. Oh, no. You know, five bucks will get you a license. <laughs> it was a great wedding. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the wedding, you know. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of churches out there, and I think, especially now, since we, I, I firmly believe that we are in the end days, the last times. I'm thinking we're taking a look right into the eyes of the apostate church in, in the world today. They, they're all more into globalism and socialism and you know, in humanism than they are into spreading the gospel. I believe we are in those end days. I believe not just this country, but the world is uh, becoming more and more under God's judgment, including this nation. And our churches aren't helping. I think the, the great power, that the great strength this, this country used to have, um, as uh, the Tocqueville would say, was our churches, the strength of our churches. Well, it is no, no longer the case. Our churches have given up, our churches have lost their their direction in this country. And it's making, because of it, it's making this country weaker and allowing humanism to run rampant in this country. Well, we're yeah, talking about all these, we're talking about all these isms, Marxism, Marxism, humanism, you know, some of the isms. And as I was saying earlier to you off air, I'm thinking about starting a cult called Christianism. I think, I think <laughs> I've got something here. I think um, you could combine, you could combine all the, uh, all the liberal theological churches together 
and, and give it that title. And I've been I've been wanting to use that term since we've talked Christianism to describe them. But I told you I would not steal I would not steal that term from you. That was yours, but it's an accurate term. I hereby officially confer rights to the term Christianism to you if you will use it to designate all of those. I like that better. Okay. Yes, it, it's uh, that's exactly what's happened. Is is our liberal the, theological churches that have adopted liberalism or humanism. Uh, over over their, the faith of the Bible, I think Christianism is a good way to terminalize them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I said it right, terminal, terminalize you know, them. You, you, used term- a verse, <clears throat> you used a verse a while ago that describes humanism quite well. It's, and it says that men will be lovers of their own selves. The humanists actually preach that. You gotta love yourself before you can love others, they say. Well, that's boulder dash. That's uh, stinking thinking uh, to think that way. But uh, uh, no, it's the other way around. You've got to love others before you can love yourself. <clears throat> but it's self-love, self-everything in humanism. You know, you <clears throat> make a real good point there, uh, Pastor Max. Often I tell people, they ask, you know, how can they become closer to God? And I tell them, if you want to become closer to God, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and and keep loving him until you get there. Keep keep finding, because his heart, you got to get there first, right? And we won't really be there until we're with him, but it's something you have to keep working on. You got to keep keep working on that. And then also, then he says in the second commandment, it's just like love your neighbor. If you practice loving God and if you practice loving your neighbor um, in that order, you will find your purpose in God. You will find your purpose in this world and you'll be a whole lot happier. And, and yeah, go ahead, Ed. Well, well, earlier when Joe called, who by the way said it was Warnock in Georgia, but when Joe called, he said, I love you. And you said, you love him. And I know how unlovable both of you are. But, you know, you're commanded. We're commanded to love one another. God would not give us a command that was unfulfillable. And so the the way that he has the power that is denied by the humanists, the power thereof that they deny, is the power of God to work through us. So when I find myself unable to love you, I can ask God to love you through me because he dwells in me and the power of God dwells in me. And I, this is something I believe we don't teach in churches enough that God, we need to see our lack and ask God to fulfill it by doing it through us. So we submit ourselves to him and say, would you please love that person through me? There you go. Yeah, there you go. And, and that's how I can love you, Ed. I mean, you hit so it on the nail head. With that, well, I don't have love, love, love for God and love for one another is something we can only get from the Holy Spirit because it's not in man to do that. He has to have spiritual help. Without God, man, man is very very selfish. He would rather worship the creature than the creator. Yeah. And, and it takes the Holy Spirit to allow us to, to really love the creator over the creature. <clears throat> when you think of what that command is, you, you, you really feel uh, inadequate because it says you... Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I'd like to know who does. I'll tell you who does. Nobody. But we keep practicing it. Right. You've got to shoot for it. it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I just uh, almost, I almost apologize every time I pray. 
I say, God, you know I love you, but I don't know if I can love you with all my heart and soul and mind. Uh, and uh, all I can say, Lord, is you know I want to. And I hope I get a little credit for that. Well, you know you got a little credit for it. He died on the cross for you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's another thing. He's, be, he's be our substitute. He, he makes up for our failure. So we live in a we live in a society, and you talked about nationalism versus internationalism early on when when you started talking about humanism. There's another name we know internationalism by, and that's globalism. And you have these one global these globalists all around that are pushing for a one world government. And, and what is even sad about this is a lot of these one worlders, a lot of these globalists are are people in the Christian faith. They think it's their job. And most of these are the people that, and I'm telling you now, if your church is what's called all mill, they, 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 or not all mill, post mill, you believe that the millennium already happened and, and you are now uh, just waiting for the end, uh, end of times to come and we all go up to heaven and you're in this post mill and you believe that it's your job to make the world a better place so Christ will come and take us home. Um, that theology is what promotes humanism. And it promotes humanism throughout the world. And folks, look at the news. The world is not getting in a better place like, like those churches that teach that believe. They believe the church is getting to be a better and better place every day. They don't look at the <clears throat> entropy of this universe and uh, they keep teaching it. I can't even believe that, that this theology is still out there teaching that the world is getting better and better because of the church when the Bible teaches us that there's going to be a great falling away. Well, and that we're gonna, the church is gonna become an apostate. The Bible it says, will will there be any faith found left on the earth? The the idea is no. The the time's gonna come where there won't be. If uh, you read Psalm number two, you'll find out what's gonna happen to humanism. It's it's a prophetic psalm tells you what's gonna happen in the future. And uh, where the humanists are crying against God and God laughs at them from heaven uh, because of their puny efforts to try to take over the world. Uh, read, read Psalm number two. I would have done it here, but there's no time. Why do the nations rage? Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The right. kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers to take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. I love this part. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is the last day of rebellion and God's laughing at them. They're not, they can't win. We, we, uh, that Psalm tells us that we win. That's when we finally win, but not now, not, not the way the world is now. So for those of you who are voting for a one world government and for those of you who are voting for politicians that promise to bring in a one world government and world peace, you know, I think all every politician now should at least have run for a beauty pageant at least once because they all say they're going to bring world peace. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not, not, not if with us in control. We can't have it. We can, we can strive for peace. We can strive to be a peacemaker within ourselves. But you know what? We know the way that this world is going to go and how it's going to bring. And as long as we think that government 
or people can fix the, the condition of this world, this world's going to perish quicker and quicker. And Now, Ed, are you raising your hand or are you just resting no, your I'm head behind? Scratching my head. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. But I do have something to say. We, I, did have a, okay. we did have a Garden of Eden once. We did have it perfect once. And we screwed we that did. up. Why do we think we can work our way back to that if we couldn't even maintain what we had? You know, you make a really good point because it was screwed up. Only two people there to screw that up. You, 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 you're like a stop clock. Ed. You're right at least twice as. Well, this goes to show you what what a rebel man is, because in the most perfect environment, he's still going to screw up. When the Lord comes again and he sets up his kingdom, at the near the end of the kingdom, there'll be the people. They're they're in. It's almost like the Garden of Eden all over the world. And uh, men manage to revolt again at the end of the millennium. Hey, folks, put on your seatbelts. You know what time it is. Walter's on the phone. How you doing, Walter? Hey, guys. Uh, man, I got to get in real quick. What I want to say, two points on uh, secular humanism. Okay. Number one, it's secular humanism can be can come across in subtle ways. Let me give you a modern-day example. Look around your churches these days. Any Christian, so-called Christian, that comes to that building on Sundays or Wednesdays, the typical days, and they sit before the pastor or the teacher, and they do not read their own Bibles when they go home in their personal private lives, and they rely 100% upon man in front of them, to interpret, to read the Bible to them. And they don't apply it to their own lives like the Berean Christians in the book of Acts who searched and see that what Paul was saying is true. Where are the mm -hmm. Berean Christians? So you can live, you cannot, you might not believe in secular humanism, but as a Christian, you can live as a secular humanist. That's one of the subtle uh, ways. Sitting before, before your you pastor, go the any preacher, further, hey, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, uh, you're using a term that I have learned not to really like because it's so redundant. Secular humanism. Um, secular and humanism is the same thing. Yeah. That's like, uh, let's just call it what it is. People who are who accept humanism have accepted a secular way, even into the church. All humanism is secular. All right. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I just wanted to make that one little statement. Keep keep going there, throw, Walter. I'm going to throw this other one that we're all aware of right now. The Democrats and all the uh, God-haters, the baby killers, and all the rest of them, they're all the same. When they teach this climate change stuff, I see I see, sec I see humanism in that. You know, because they said it started with man, and it's going to take man to solve these climate problems. Am I right? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I'll tell you what, Genesis You're on the beam, brother. You, You're on the beam. Genesis 8.20 tells you there's four seasons. That's the climate change I know. And as far as global warming, real quick, Second Peter chapter 3, when the earth will melt with fervent heat. And if you're not a Christian, you're going to melt away, melt right away with it in fervent <laughs> heat. That's the, that's the global hey. warming scripture, Second Peter chapter 3. The end of the yeah, I always. Know it. That's it. 
Thank you. You know, I, I, I've always said that I believe in man-made global warming. Had Adam and Eve not messed up, we would still be in paradise because they messed up. We have bad weather. <laughs> but that's where I draw my line to man-made global warming. So, um, I, he's, even in the weather, we have found a way to make weather about us. Apparently, we, we're, we're good enough to destroy the weather and we're good enough to fix it, but God can't do anything. You know, I kind of remember a story in, in the Gospels where the, where the disciples were on the boat and our Lord was resting. He was sleeping. I'm getting a signal here. That's the folks. folks. I'll get back to the Bible next week. Have a blessed day. Join us next week on A Moment of Clarity. Listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio 